Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, and sitting across from me is... If you want anyway, yet again, always here and forever holding it down, what is Gucci? Well, we heard, y'all, we heard you, we heard you, and if you and I's biased 90s has <laughs> got yeah. called out. Yeah. Wait, that's probably going to get bleeped. Our 90s booties, we were on the tip end of the 80s there, and you know... I would like to say that in my research, with a lot of the Nickelodeon research, the golden age of Nickelodeon is known as the 90s. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you, could, you can uh, hit up, you know, all of the <laughs> blogs and if he's just laughing over here. Like, listen, we heard you, though. We skipped over the 80s too quickly, and it wasn't fair. And yeah. we're, we're circling back. This is the first time where we had so many people write us that we were like, we better circle back now. Yeah, this is this really is the quickest we've responded <laughs> to. And there's still so many on the docket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do have a full docket of, there's so many fandoms and nerd things to get into. I do want to say, though, just really quickly that even even for a show like The Twilight Zone, which is one of my favorite things in the world, we're just not going to be able to talk about every episode. I also think that would be boring. I have listened. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to other people's podcasts that do kind of go into every single thing. And if you want that, that's out there. But that's not really what we're trying to do. We're just trying to give you the rundown of each topic. But here we are in the 80s with Nickelodeon. I'm going to scroll deep into this and see how Oh, if I put goes. together the entire research document for this and I got deep into the 80s finding out about a lot of shows that I didn't even know exist and I think you might also not know existed. Oh yeah, no, nothing 
seems familiar. No, but I think people listening <laughs> that even were like, the 80s, I'm, they're going to be like, what? The, yeah. That was a thing? It was, because uh, some of these were in black and white. <laughs> I actually, in my research, found out that a lot of the shows came from Canada and um, and from other countries as well. Like Nickelodeon was kind of, you know, as a baby, wasn't really able to make a lot of their own shows, so they would pull from successful shows from other countries. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of like with Noggin, what they did with Degrassi. It was this mm-hmm. big hit in Canada, and they're like, let's put it on Noggin. So yeah. it seems like a, it becomes a strong part. But... So let's officially go into the 80s. Nickelodeon launched on April 1st, 1979. It's almost there. April Fool's. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good. that's good for Nick. That fits. It was the first ever all-children's network on uh, Warner Cable System in Buffalo, New York. It quickly expanded its audience reach first to other Warner Cable Systems across the country and eventually to other cable providers. So its initial programming block had, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows. That's a banger. That's like one for every day. Yeah. So the first show was Video Comic Book, which was a show that scanned Silver Age DC comics. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And we covered some of the Silver Age comics during our Flash episode in the Silver Age. So definitely, if you're, not, if you're unfamiliar what that was with DC comics, go check out that episode. So Video Comic Book, the show's opening shows kids riding their bicycles to get a, to a comic book store to the tune of Ride of the Valkyries. That's actually really cool. Like getting yeah. straight off the bat, like already getting kids interested in comics. That's actually really dope. I know. And it's kind of like a foreshadowing as to what kids will be rocking out to for centuries to come. Yeah. So our next uh, show up was called Pop Clips. And some of the, you can also look up on YouTube a lot of these if you're unfamiliar with them and just kind of want to do a deep dive of Nickelodeon further. You can just Google pop clips uh, into YouTube and, and check out some of that. It was a music video television program, which was the direct predecessor of MTV. Which is interesting because it's like, man, this show is so popular. Let's make it a whole channel, you know? I know. And, you know, Nickelodeon and MTV actually worked very closely with each other and had a lot of uh, lap overs because... Some of the people that were famous for the MTV logo and music for that channel, the channel IDs, the channel IDs actually ended up working on Nickelodeons to make okay. them cool and hip for kids. I can't believe I just said that. Let's move on. Hocus <laughs> Pocus was another show. It was uh, it featured an apprentice wizard who magically time traveled forward from the Middle Ages named Crispin, <laughs> who worked in the film department of a public library, uh, who, along with his shape-shifting pet named Ulock, played short films. Crispin's friends included the absent-minded Professor Rhombus, a young woman named Daisy, and a talking book. You know, this sounds like, what am I thinking of? The Macaulay Culkin? Oh, yeah. the uh, Page let, Master. Yeah. The Page Master. Yeah, that book, that, that I mean, that uh, movie, I don't know I why, it. but that I thought it was so tight. Oh, my God. It like, is. Like, because it had the, those books, and they had faces and the personalities. Yeah. And remember Whoopi Goldberg was, yes, the, mm-hmm. the Moby Dick one, the horror one scared the crap out of me. I still remember it, like, Sanctuary. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. Jekyll and Hyde. He ran into. Oh, oh yes. I'm going to go home Man, and watch that. Man, I'm going to have that. to, yeah, go mm-hmm. back and check that out. Uh, So, Hocus Focus only lasted one year. But, yeah, I mean, 
it seems very fantastical. I mean, you got, you know, a shape-shifting pet named Ulock, and you got Crispin spelled K-R-Y-S-P-N. Mm-hmm. That was too much for the 80s. They were like, it's, let's get out of here. And then you had Pinwheel, which was reformatted as a daily hour-long series that ran in a three- to five-hour block format and was the precursor to Nick Jr., which replaced it in 1988. When I was born, they knew. They are like, if he's going to like this. <laughs> I was so, also born during that year, yes. We yeah. Established that. But they were like, if he. You know, February, if, if he's coming. <laughs> I, feel, I feel the thickness of this child, and we must prepare for him. Uh, but the show was similar to Sesame Street with live action skits mixed with animation shorts and action scenes took place in around a large Victorian style boarding house That's called so cool. the Pinwheel House with a pinwheel on one of the peaks. And live actors would interact with puppets discussing various concepts familiar to children's programming like sharing, being considerate, basic learning skills like colors, numbers, and letters. And all of the characters lived and worked in various areas in and around the house. This sounds like a mix between Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. Actually, a lot of their formatting, which you'll see uh, when we continue, was kind of like that. But it was a formula that worked. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's why, um, and to be honest, <laughs> Mr. Rogers didn't like one of their, like, clearly that was kind of, I don't want to say he was ripping them off, but he was like, no, I don't like that show. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're, we'll get to. Um, next up on the docket is America Goes Bananas with a Z. So you know they were zany. It was a... Uh, it was a teenager-oriented variety show presented by Michael Young and Randy Hamilton. Uh, it had hip-hop music sessions focusing on mature subjects such as drugs and birth control. That is that is something that I see. We saw Nickelodeon tackle, like we talked about with Linda Ellerbee and the news segments that she would do for yeah. Nickelodeon. But like Nickelodeon was notorious for tackling some oh, of yeah. those, which uh, MTV did as well. So I do think that they worked alongside each other to provide content for teenagers. Um, So America Goes Bananas was also regularly shown in an effort to interest and educate a teenage target audience. Yeah, and then they had kind of like their namesake with um, Nickel Flicks, uh, which was technically from the 70s, but they replayed it in the 80s, and it showcased serials from the... 20s and the 40s, in addition to early comic one-reelers and silent short films, uh, and was largely in black and white. Can you imagine... Like, would your daughter watch this? Oh, like, no. can you, that's the thing, though. So they used to play these sh- these short black and white films, and some of them silent from the 20s and 40s uh, on Nickelodeon. And you're right; it was their namesake because the network's original logo incorporated a man looking into a Nickelodeon machine that was placed in the end. Uh, and those were, as y'all know, the little like movie players that in the olden days they used to look into. And so this was this was supposed to be a young man. He's wearing like a top hat, and I mean, he's dressed like basically like Abraham Lincoln, um, <laughs> looking into the end of Nickelodeon. That was later replaced by their pinwheel logo uh, typeface. And then the final thing uh, was a show called By the Way, which, by the way, I could not find a single thing on. I like, really? yes. I looked up Nickelodeon's By the Way, um, and it brought me up a ton of other shows that they had. And on YouTube, I just couldn't find what that was. So I guess if you find it, please tweet at us or if you watched it tell us what it was yeah yeah okay so at the time of its launch nickelodeon's programming aired for 13 hours each weekday from 8 a.m to 11 p.m that's that's a pretty hefty block and for 14 hours on weekends from 8 a.m to midnight wow 
So then they added these new shows in 1980, include Dusty's Treehouse, which was like a Mr. Rogers-style show, and it featured a character named Dusty, who was played by Stuart Rosen and his amazing custom-built treehouse, where anything and everything could happen. Often, Dusty had conversations with his puppet animal friends, including Maxine the Cow, Scooter the Squirrel, Stanley the Red-Haired Spider, and Sneakers. <laughs> and Dusty also went on tree trips, a uh, field trip via balloon and basket to factories to see how products were made, and or to parks, zoos, aquariums, and so on. And it won eight Emmys. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, I need to throw, we have to include Dusty's Treehouse because it won Nickelodeon eight Emmys. So damn. That's insane. Also... It's funny to see how children's programming kind of hasn't changed. It's always like a person talking to puppets and yeah. let's see what different, you know, jobs there are. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so innocent. Uh, moving on to First Row Features, that was an anthology series. It mainly carried British television films for children. And so this is, uh, again, a popular theme that you'll see with Nickelodeon buying up or essentially rerunning things that were showed in other countries. The Times actually described the show as a collection of one-hour feature films for children ranging from comedies and adventures to dramas and semi-documentaries. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, that's super dope. And then there was Special Delivery, which is also an anthology series. And it uh, consisted of like both live action and animated episodes. Much of the programming was made up of children focused made for TV movies. Yeah, that was possibly before Disney Channel original movies. Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Children focused made for TV movies was a big thing. Oh, yeah. I remember. Let me see. It was a Sh- Shia LaBeouf um, movie I, that yes, he was in yes. where he played uh, uh-huh. a mentally challenged uh, kid. And it made me cry. Um, that was a really popular movie. Let me see. I'm a, I'll, I'll find it in two seconds. True Confessions? Yes. Why isn't it on yeah. here, dude? <laughs> this is wild. You. I'm on his IMDb. What year did it come out? Oh, here it is. Uh, 2002. True, con- 2002. Mm-hmm. True Confessions. Mm-hmm. I was in high school, I think. Oh, boy. Um, Aw, look at his curly head. He was so cute. When I say this thing wrecked me like i was i was and this was 2003 so i was like 16 and i was just Mm -hmm. crying my eyes out so yeah and then we would get uh (laughs) i love that we're talking about a different network and then we (laughs) would get uh the biggest disney channel movie of all time at high school musical I'm only saying that like via sales. Oh, I thought you meant uh, you were going to say Xenon or whatever. You know, people can argue with me, but I'm just talking about popularity wise. um, And you can't can't argue with numbers. Moving on. What will they think of next? Uh, Which was originally titled Science International. And each episode featured approximately 20 short segments on scientific developments and, and trivia. Nice. Then you had Livewire, which a series was designed for kids of all ages. And the show's main focus discussed true current events and stories during those times. It was taped at the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York through Reeves Teletape Studios of Sesame Street fame. So, you know, still rocking, mm-hmm. rocking it down. And it was filmed live on tape with a participating audience of about 20 to 30 teenagers. And Livewire was the number one rated show on Nickelodeon in 1982 and never went below number seven in the ratings during the five year span of the show the show was most famously known for giving relatively unknown bands and singers their first television appearance it was like the conan of uh mm-hmm. <laughs> for kids yeah, a lot like the ed sullivan um show 
And then in 1981, the network introduced a new logo consisting of a silver pinwheel overlaid by multicolored Nickelodeon text. And later that year, the Canadian sketch comedy series, You Can't Do That on Television, made its American debut. Wait, is that? On Nickelodeon. You can't do that on television? Where do I remember that for? Oh, maybe everyone who (laughs) tweeted it at us this show. Well, guess what? You don't get to hear us talk about it until after these messages. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. And we're back. And I think we were talking about this this show that I, I guess a lot of people wrote us about that we skipped over. Technically, Ify, I want to say that I did mention it's where the slime came from. Oh, yeah. You when sure I talked did. about where the green slime came from, but I didn't actually talk about the show itself. So let's talk about You Can't actually, Do That. Actually, let's skip it and talk about The Third Eye, Ify, which is another. I do not <laughs> need more people in my inbox. Y'all, I did a lot of research for the and also watched you can't do that thank you for uh exposing it to me because it was definitely before my time and it wasn't something i you know when i came into the factor it was all that i watched all that sketch comedy and also, I didn't. yeah we also had what would you do instead of you go what 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 mm-hmm. what, 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 what you you do way better than you can do no you're gonna get so many people writing you so <laughs> Uh, you Can't Do That on Television featured preteen and teenage actors in a sketch comedy format similar to that of uh, Rowan and Martin's Laughing and Saturday Night Live. It, each episode had a specific theme that I didn't know about. Normally relating to pop culture of the time, the show was notable for launching the careers of many performers, including, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Ivy, alternative rock singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Isn't she, that you can ironic? go back and look. You can <laughs> Shut up. It's not actually ironic because um, if we're talking about ironic, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
I think I heard um, Zach laughing from the booth, so I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I love. No, I'm just saying that everybody that always corrects, like oh, that yeah. always tweets. Oh, yeah, the, the, well, actually, the, that's not what irony is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Why don't you go play Magic the Gathering? Put some, put some of that like pedantry into good use. Um, and also screenwriter Bill Prady. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So before Nickelodeon, you can't do that on television. Debuted on February 3rd, 1979, on CJOH TV in Ottawa as a one-hour, low-budget variety program with some segments performed live. So the show consisted of comedy sketches, music videos, usually 30 per episode, and live phone-in contests in which the viewers could win a variety of prizes. I feel like that era of TV is gone. I feel like there was, in the 80s, 90s, there was this huge, like, you can win stuff, from watching this thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so, that's gone. Do you feel though like that could make a comeback or is slowly making a comeback on Twitch? Yeah, I feel like big time. That's well, where it's coming in and I definitely see people excited for that. And so the short answer is yes. But it's so interesting where there was a lot of incentivizing for television to try and get you to watch. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you can chat this out or you can, you know, get a chance to win or you can get a chance to come on the show. And now it's kind of like, oh, we're just going to do our thing. <laughs> yep. 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 But yep. also one thing that's really cool about you can do that on you can't do that on television and even uh, when we were talking about earlier with like Livewire and is just um, like and even like America Goes Bananas is this recurrent theme of like variety shows, sketch shows for kids and how mm-hmm. well it ends up doing. And it's so interesting that there isn't one currently for uh, on television right now yeah, uh, for kids. But we had all that which mm-hmm. followed up and that was successful. Yeah, there was also, you know, because so you had the all that show and then you had the uh, Cartoon Network sketch show Incredible Crew, which currently sits at 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh wow. And 2.9 out of 10 on tv.com. So I guess uh You know I, who's leaving those reviews, Iffy? Who? Adults, parents, <laughs> parents ruin everything. That's true. Kids aren't kids aren't logging on to like <laughs> They're not shit going on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my gosh. Um, so moving back to You Can't Do That on Television, the opening sequence, which uh, featured the children's television sausage factory, which you haven't seen it, please YouTube it, oh, um. was a reference to Terry Gilliam's of Monty Python fame's uh, Gillimations. So the success in Canada- Everything doesn't have to be a portmanteau. <laughs> Everything <laughs> doesn't. You can just leave it at the door. You know- but this was back in the 80s, Iffy, before everyone was doing it. Um, the success in Canada got Nick's interest, and Nickelodeon aired a handful of episodes, and they edited it down to a half-hour format during 1981 as a test run. This is something that I find very fascinating. So over the next few years, the ratings gradually declined in Canada. So by 1985, uh, you, can't do it, you Can't Do That on Television was seen only once a week. Mm. In a Saturday morning time slot on CTV, but continued to go to go strong in the U.S. on Nickelodeon, where it aired at first five times a week and eventually every day. They That's they wild. moved every day. Also, I think it was because they started to change their format, their topics. Like once they knew that they were going over to the U.S. airways mm-hmm. and to a Nickelodeon audience and an American audience. 
I think they kind of lost their Canadian viewership. Oh, yeah. I think so, too, because, you know, there there's like a slight difference to the two different styles of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Last episode, we mentioned the origin of the green slime. Yeah. And the green slime originally featured uh, on You Can't Do That on Television was later adopted by Nickelodeon as a primary feature of many of its shows. So they basically was like, oh, you like that? Okay, we're just going to put that in everything. Go, that's us now. Yeah. The, that's, that's, we got the slime. We're known for the slime. Um, viewers in the U.S. were given the opportunity to enter the slime in, which was a contest hosted by Nickelodeon that flew the winner to the set of You Can't Do That on Television to be slime. So here again is kind of them being like, oh, no, we're U.S. now. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Because this was only open to U.S. contestants. There is actually a 2004 documentary on the show called You Can't Do That on Film. Really? Yeah, so all of You Can't Do That on Television yeah. heads that wrote us, go watch Check the documentary. You'll love and it. Tell them, we, tell them we sent you, and by them I mean the guy who's working <laughs> at the Blockbuster that you're going to talk to. <laughs> so much shade. If you can't go to Blockbuster because they're closed, try Hollywood Video. Did you see that there's still a Blockbuster open in Alaska? Yeah. That's, that's cool. Interesting. It's because they can't go home. They're snowed in. <laughs> I just, people are going to hate that. I don't really buy DVDs anymore. Even our, Hector Navarro is obsessed with buying Blu-rays, and I just don't care. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to do because you got to open up that case, put it in the thing, and watch it when I can just press buttons and watch yeah. stuff on Netflix. It's, it's not even that. Well, and, and even on ones that I've had to buy, because I wanted to see Coco like right when it came out. I'm like, I got to own Coco just in case they take it off Netflix or whatever. Is it on Net? It's on Netflix now, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And so I That's bought it. I saw it. Yeah, but I, I bought it. And so I was like, yeah, I'll have it digitally forever. Like, I'm fine with that. I don't need the Blu-ray of it. Anyways. Yeah, if your head, if your house catches on fire, you get, you still have yours. Hector. Lost all them blue. My main thing is that it just takes up space. Like him and a lot of our special effects friends just have walls of Blu-ray. Yeah, no, I just have already too much stuff. Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. So I actually have a couple of you can't do that on television or as I like to say, Y-C-D-T-O-T facts. (laughs) (laughs) That's the long. You might as well just say it when it's that long. Okay, here. So one of the episodes, which was titled Adoption. Proved so controversial that uh, it was banned after being shown twice. It had a do not air sticker placed on the master tape of it. Um, Adoption is the only episode that was banned in the U.S. In Canada, the divorce episode was banned. But the (laughs) adoption episode was shown with one part cut in the sketch where Senator Prevert, I'm guessing, Mm. calls the adoption agency to send his son Adam back. But... That's really funny, actually. After using him to do chores all day, the part where uh, he calls adoption agency officer a damn bureaucrat after learning that adoption is forever was bleeped out. So I guess the word damn and not the actual topic itself. The divorce one, I don't know. So another fun Canadian show comes to America, ban situation uh, that happened later. Is with Degrassi. I'm always going to bring it back to Degrassi when we talk about Nick. Had an episode that had to deal with abortion Mm -hmm. that never aired in the U.S. And so what was weird was there was a kind of like aftermath drama that kind of 
people touched on, but it just was weird because the episode never aired. So you're like, what are you talking about? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Like it just picked up. Mm -hmm. Why is Lisa crying? One knows. (laughs) Got it. I didn't really watch Degrassi. I watched a little bit of it. Then in 1985, Fears, Worries, and Anxieties episode had to be modified in one scene. Oh, this is insane. So the scene, (laughs) there's so much lore to this show. The scene had Alistair, mom, and dad talking about a bully at school called Killer Curtis. When it was discovered that there actually was a murderer named Killer Curtis in the U.S., they decided that the bully's name should be changed. So the words Killer Curtis were changed to Crusher Willis. (laughs) This was done very badly because between the time that the episode was shot and when they were recording, Alistair's voice had changed. I just can't believe that lore. See, this is what happens when you bring Canadian shows to America. They use terms like Killer Curtis when we all know, all of yeah. us knew, that Killer Curtis was a real person here yeah. uh, who affected the lives of many people. So, <laughs> Damn Killer Curtis. Can you imagine having like the Zodiac Killer? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Moving on. So the kid, this is actually a really cool fact. The kids on the show got paid extra for episodes in which they were doused with water or green slime. Interesting. So they got 75 for water and $150 for slime. And uh, I found out that they they would get water on them if they ever said the word water or oh, if really? they said wet. Yeah. And then it would just come down on them. <laughs> um, Christine McLad, known as Moose had no intention of trying out for the show's cast. She went to the audition solely to keep a friend company. Hint, hint, this also kind of happened to, uh, in a a different way, but kind of happened to Mark Hamill, Mm. that his friend was actually auditioning for Luke. Isn't Um, that also what, uh, how Kyle uh, Hebert ended up? uh, Is it? It it was either, yeah, because it has to be, because it's not how um, Savit or Chris got it. Kyle Bear was going, like, his friend was auditioning. No, no, no maybe you're not. right. You, no, you I could might be wrong. right. I'm probably wrong. I just now, know, I'm pretty I feel wrong. <laughs> I just know that somebody, that Mark Hamill's friend, right, was, mm-hmm. I know that that's right, but I don't know if his friend was Harrison Ford. But oh. that's the part I feel like people are going to correct me if his friend was, like, a really famous person. But I do know that Mark Hamill was not originally meant to audition for Luke, but was suggested. Correction, Robert England was auditioning for a role in Apocalypse Now when he walked across the hall where auditions were taking place for George Lucas's Star Wars. After This is like probably the most well-known fact with all Star Wars people, but here I am giving it to the rest of you. (laughs) Um, You can learn along with me. After watching the auditions for a while, he realized that Hamill, his friend, would be perfect for the role of Luke Skywalker. He suggested to Hamill that he auditioned for the role. Hamill did and won the role. So there you go. So I guess, you know, he wasn't intended to. Moving back. So Christine McLad, known as Moose, had no intention. This show's going off the rails. Had no intention of trying that. We're going to get slimed at any moment. She didn't play into audition. Producer Roger Price told her she had to audition or leave. Oh, I kind of like that. She auditioned and was made host of the show. You never know. Wow. You know how salty her friend probably is? (laughs) that that happened like i would be so mad if i was like all right come to this audition i need you and then they get the role i'd be like don't ever in your life <laughs> come around come me. anywhere that's like the type of person she she like goes to your wedding as a bridesmaid ends up getting married yeah oh my <laughs> she gosh. ends up marrying your husband 
um, Les Lai, who actually was the only cast member to appear in every single episode. So again, these are children, was in so many sketches that he frequently had difficulty remembering all his lines. So whenever he was seen holding his clipboard, it, it had a script on it. And I actually watched some of the episodes, and he's so cute, and he's just like, you know, a great actor, but like is holding his script and kind of glancing down at it here and there. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just did a qu- some quick uh, math. And by math, I mean put it inside of a inflation calculator. For If you're wondering how much those kids made for the slime, 150 bucks in 1981 is equivalent to $415.85 in 2018. Holy crap, what? Yeah, they're making 500 for slime. Whoa. Slimy daddy. No. So there was a reboot. That was reported by AV Club. In fact, they were the only ones that reported it because all the other articles were referencing AV Club. And this was from last August of 2017. So AV Club said that Fox has teamed up with series creator Roger Price and his Penny Arcade Studios, which are pretty popular, for the revived series, which will expand beyond the original sketch format to include musical performances, celebrity cameos, and interactive elements across multiple platforms, according to a press release. And slime. Yeah. Yep. But the new You Can't Do That on Television has yet to announce a network, and it's been a year, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. Mm. Normally uh, in our industry, that means uh, yeah, it might not be coming. Yeah, it might have been passed on. Um, but it was being produced by Fox and Main Event Media. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it wasn't just You Can't Do That on Television. There was also the show I tried to mention earlier, <laughs> The Third Eye, which was an anthology series on Nickelodeon, and it consisted of... Several English language science fiction serials from the United Kingdom and New Zealand, and all the programs featurettes focus on characters with psychic abilities. That's pretty cool. Yeah, which uh, also explains the title. I feel like that you'd run out of psychic stories after a while. Would you? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I feel like that would be pretty neat to see kids psychics. Oh no, that's terrifying. Well, they would learn that... so much about the adult world. Yeah. I mean, is, that's literally a Twilight Zone episode. It is. It is. But um, I think what would be fascinating is the way that it would probably be written is that, like, they would look into their mom and dad's heads and their mom and dad would be talking, like, about the stork or something, you know? Like, it wouldn't actually yeah. <laughs> it would be something fake. Uh, another 80s Nick show was Standby Lights, Camera, Action – this one was actually pretty big. It was an educational television series hosted by Leonard, uh, hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Yes, yeah, Spock himself. Mm-hmm. So episodes of the series with host Leonard Nimoy at the Nickelodeon studio, introducing himself and uh, announcing the episode's focus, such as performing stunts, special effects, or animation. I think that is so cool that they kind of showed you the behind the scenes, not just oh, yeah. the actors, but like the stunt people. How do they, how are these special effects made? How is this uh, Stop motion, you know, animation. Um, Then he leaves the studio to visit a filming location where he describes how different films incorporate the episode's topic. And he typically examines three upcoming movies in each one-hour segment before returning to Nickelodeon Studio and signing off. That sounds really cool, and I wish they would do that again. Oh, yeah. No, that's super dope. Patrick Stewart, please (laughs) fill in. Ooh, nice casting choice. So then you had Mr. Wizard's World, which demonstrates the science behind ordinary things. Mr. Wizard always had some kind of laboratory experiment going on that taught something about science. And the experiments 
many of which seemed impossible at first glance, were usually simple enough to be recreated by viewers. Nickelodeon struggled at first, operating at a 10 million loss by oh, 1984. Crap. Yeah, yeah, no, these shows they got Emmys and all that, but it seems like they still were running out of money. The network had lacked successful programs. Shows on the network had failed to gain tractions during the first few years, uh, and it included Against the Odds and Gro- Going Great, shows that focused on kids of all ages who did very amazing feats in the world and some people couldn't do, which stagnated viewership and finishing dead last among Holy all crap. U.S. cable <laughs> channels. And Well, then after firing its management staff, MTV Network's president, Bob Pittman, turned to Fred Siebert and Alan Goodman, who created MTV's iconic IDs a few years earlier, to reinvigorate Nickelodeon, leading to what many believe to be the channel's golden age. I mean, they said it. I I mean, they said it. They said it. (laughs) I like that you went and... uh... They said it. You went and added that, made sure that was enough <laughs> Shut up. research. Um, no, if you do research the history of Nickelodeon, you will see that the 90s is known as its golden age, whatever. Uh, the pinball logo was replaced with a logo featuring varied orange backgrounds, most notably and famously the splat design with the Nickelodeon name overlaid in the balloon typeface, which was used in hundreds of different variations over the next 25 years. So Fred and Allen also enlisted the help of animators, writers, producers, and <laughs> doo-wop group, the Jive <laughs> Five. This is kind of cool. The Jive Five, which are best known for their 1961 hit, My True Story, to create new channel IDs. And within six months of the rebranding, Nickelodeon would become the dominant channel in children's programming and remain so for 26 years, even in the midst of increasing competition in more recent years from other kid-oriented cable channels such as the Disney Channel and Cartoon Network. It also began promoting itself as the first kids' networks due to its status as the first American television network aimed at children. I love that they just kind of took over and were like, no, 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 we're the first kids network. And and yeah, and the fact that it's true probably made it even sting uh, so much more. It is funny, though, that they had that doo-wop group because I do remember a lot of Nickelodeon's uh, channel IDs, like their logo Mm -hmm. and entrance and stuff had a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the jive. Five. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But there were some really big, really famous... 1980s Nick shows that we're going to get into right after these messages. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today and we're back right off the top we didn't really touch on this i think at all even though it was something that i watched religiously no really eureka's castle oh that was your jam Uh uh-huh well it was co-created and written by popular goosebumps author rl stein that's a little known fact i had no idea that he was involved in it yeah, that maybe that's why you liked it. You're a big Goosebumps head. I was. Yeah. I was. Well, that's because Goosebumps is a lot like um, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. I mean, they have some of the similar. It's funny because some of the movies coming out now, I've seen people. There's one like where the camera takes your picture and it like tell, like shows you your future or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a Goosebumps. So people were like, that was a Goosebumps book. And I was like, that was actually a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> uh, first. Excuse me? But uh Yeah. So Eureka's Castle was a charming, family-friendly outing that relied on puppets and wizardry, again, (laughs) to present some pretty clever characters and situations. It was set in a wind-up castle. So they had a couple of these set in castles that doubles as a music box that also uh, was owned by a lovable giant. Eureka's Castle focused on wizard and training Eureka and her pack of wacky friends, most notably the tail-challenged dragon Magellan. Oh, man, this is sounding way familiar. Oh, Ivy, did you not watch here? And you may remember this. Eureka's Castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I when I saw like the puppet winding up the castle, it seems so familiar. So I'm very curious about that. Hmm. Has a lot of uh, Gullah Gullah Island vibes. Yeah, buddy, I loved me some Gullah Gullah mm-hmm. Island. Oh my gosh. Gullah Gullah oh, no. Island. So then uh, after that, you know, we also had Finders Keepers, which was a game show where contestants ransacked a massive dollhouse-like set for prizes, trashing stuffy old libraries, tearing through kitchens, pilfering in garages, all to find a prop that would answer a riddle. Now, this I do kind of remember. Really? That yeah. sounds like what our friends do now in escape rooms. I know, right? Um, <laughs> they pay like $50 to Yeah. Uh, Dan's very excited about escape rooms. Mm-hmm. I actually wasn't what we almost, we almost got out. We almost did. I had a lot of anxiety. I have, I already live with a lot of anxiety. So doing that <laughs> is not fun. It's not fun. Moving on. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse actually had originated a few years earlier in the UK. It was a spoof of James Bond, ah. um, the Avengers and secret agent. The other Avengers, not the, uh, Marvel Avengers. There were mm. those, there was those. Which you might see pop up when you search IMDb for the Avengers. There was a British uh, Avengers, which were these dapper secret agents. Uh, yeah, so Danger Mouse was actually the biggest animated hit for early Nick. Mm. And it spawned a spinoff, Count Duckula. 
I don't know if you remember Count Ducula. No. Um, and it had other, you would recognize if I showed you the, Google what he looks like. You would be like, oh yeah, I remember this guy. Um, it's so funny how many things are like blurring together as we try to go back to when we were like four. Um, and uh, that he also had, so Danger Mouse also had. Oh yeah, I remember Count Ducula. Mm-hmm. He had a trusty hamster sidekick, Penfold. Yeah, and then you had the World of David the Gnome, which was a Spanish animated television series based on the children's book, The Secret Book of Gnomes. And David is 399 years old, making him the oldest gnome around. And since most gnomes live no more than 400 years exactly, although he possesses exceptional constitution, David is a doctor and he uses his knowledge of many fields, such as hypnosis and acupuncture, to heal his patients, usually animals, such as his faithful friend, Swift the Fox, or other gnomes. Did you watch David the Gnome? No. I 100% watched David. My, My older brother's name was David. And I was a little creeped out by David the Gnome. <laughs> I mean, the animation's a little bit creepy. It's yeah. a little David the Gnome being, you know, an elderly man <laughs> was a little bit creepy. I mean, but also, I... like, uh, based on everything we just read, an elderly man <laughs> getting ready to die. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, David the Gnome is a meme he's... now, too. Yeah, he's in a lot of memes. Oh, shoot. You're right. Yeah, people. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to another 19, technically. 1980s Nickelodeon show because it aired on Nickelodeon was Inspector Gadget. Uh, so from Deke, we had a lot of people correct us, which yeah. we asked for. We were like, "How do you say this?" Uh, D-I-C, Deke yeah. Entertainment. Thanks for everyone that kindly wrote us. The franchise uh, followed the adventures of a powerful but dim-witted cyborg police inspector. Shoot, who played him in the movie again? Uh, Ferris Bueller. The actor? Yeah, why can nobody in this office recall anything? I don't know. (laughs) It's because we're doing this late at night. Yeah, it is. Ferris Bueller was played by (laughs) Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. I was going to say Simba. (laughs) Um, Adult Simba. I'm just going to, you know, married to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, or was. I don't know if they're still together. Matthew Broderick, right? He played Inspector Gadget. Okay, so. And he also was in election and he had a problem with the way that Reese Witherspoon <laughs> was running for don't worry you'll be able to cut that little together, known right? fact that, that huge uh little known fact um also in modern family so inspector gadget would try to stop the criminal schemes of dr claw and his organization mad as they fruitlessly Dan, our producer, is just um, petting an imaginary cat yeah. as they fruitlessly attempt to stop him. However, neither side is aware that Gadget's niece, Penny, and her dog, Brain, Boom. who are truly responsible for thwarting Mad. Is that true? Fun fact. What? Uh, election. <laughs> no, you're still on that? Election he... is the role he did right before Inspector Gadget. So election was that? Do you remember election? Yeah, I yeah, only yeah. Did, yeah. barely. With, but with yeah. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. and she was this over obsessive and Dayton teachers and Matthew Broderick. He talks like this, and he's like, he's got brilliant. so much going for you, but you need a step on everyone to get there. And I, I had to uh, do that scene in my acting class. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's really? why. That's why it's stuck in my head. Uh, anyway. Oh, I want to go back, circle back about David to election. David the Gnome kind of actually just looks like Santa Claus. So not as creepy as we suspected. Oh, no. And, he's, um, if you look at some of the memes, 
He's creepy. But he also, I think, has a wife. <laughs> that's no, that's adorable. Oh, he's so cute. He looks like Santa Claus, like fused with an Ewok. Um, moving on to another sitcom that I loved, which was Hey Dude. Hey oh. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Now this, yeah. Now we're talking about stuff I remember. Yeah, it was centered around a dude ranch in Arizona, and uh, bringing back the. The feel of classic comedy is like Petticoat Junction. You know, everyone like everyone watched Petticoat Junction and Hee Haw. Um, I remember Hey Dude and I remember Salute Your Shorts, but Salute yeah. Your Shorts was the 90s. So yeah. Hey Dude, we're only talking about the 80s right now. I know. And also what started in the 80s was something we did talk about a lot, which was Double Dare. Mm-hmm. We did. I like that it just stopped like, yep, <laughs> we totally did. Yeah, no, Double Dare went on to pass the torch of the 80s generation to the 90s, which ran, burned bright, did way better than any era of Nickelodeon, and that's the 80s. It is, yeah. Yeah. I think we covered, we covered most of the 80s. Did, did we cover enough, y'all? Let us know. What, what, what is your show that we, we missed? And For tell Nickelodeon us why. 80s. Yeah, Nickelodeon 80s. This is the 80s Nickelodeon. If we missed a, your show this time, you need to tell us what it is, <laughs> what it was about, and why you loved it. What if it was By the Way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, it was By the Way. That well, was the show. I couldn't find anything of it. Oh, man. But yeah, no, the 80s was, were great. And it's funny to go back and do this and see towards the end how much stuff I actually do remember. So it was fun actually dipping into this, revisiting some of this. And I'm definitely going to have to bounce back and actually watch some of these old shows because I'm so curious. I want to watch The Page Master tonight. That's oh, yeah. unrelated. I will say there was a show apparently that aired on Nickelodeon called Dr. Snuggles. <laughs> um, even creepier, Effie, even creepier than David the Gnome because it's like David the Gnome. Oh, but yeah. you see him. Uh, he has his he has his animal friends, but yeah. um, he kind of looks like a like a dollar store Willy Wonka. Um, <laughs> you know what? This might have been someone's childhood right here. It's, yeah. it's a little bit creepy. His name was Doctor Snuggles. Never see a doctor named oh, Snuggles. Um, yeah. So we did it. We actually yeah. circled back. We always this say was, we're going to yeah, circle back, and we and we did it. You, so how do you feel? You won. <laughs> You did this. No, we but love and appreciate you. We, you know what? That's the whole reason why. Because I'm normally, like, I don't always. When people write us, sometimes I'm like, we just look. I love the thing too. We can't cover it in an hour. But we had so many people that wrote us about you can't do that on television that it truly meant that it, it was a part of their childhood that I wanted to take the time yeah. to go back and look at it. Yeah, and it was real fun, and I can't wait to go back and watch old episodes. But thanks for listening, seriously. And uh, definitely a few reminders. You know, you want you want to rock dope tees, go to Tee Public. We definitely have some new shirts up. Uh, all of y'all who have been um, sending me you in the shirt, thank you. Please, if you buy the clothes, wear them. Be our model so I can show you off to the rest of my friends. Yeah. And uh, footnotes are now specifically in the episode description, so you no longer have to go to the website. So just go ahead and hit more info on wherever you're listening to this, and you can have links to all the different stuff. You can see all the research that Danny did. And, uh, you know, as we close out, uh, any anywhere, anything you want to plug, Danny, uh, coming up? 
Yes, I do actually have a show September 1st at UCB Sunset. It's called Hollywood for Ugly People. So I'm very honored that they asked me to be on that show. Uh, Um, It is actually, I think, like a political show Mm -hmm. with a bunch of comedians, a panel of comedians and and improvisers and stuff where we we talk about politics, apparently, uh, in a very funny way. Have you actually done that show, Ify? You Uh, have. Yeah, Yeah, it's been great. Because I see you on the list. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's a really dope, really funny show. So that'll be UCB Sunset, September 1st. I believe it's at 7 p.m. You can catch me there. Uh, follow me on my socials, at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. I love having polite Discord with people. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Discord, I'm going to pin it because every time I talk about it, people ask where it is and I have to go dig up the tweets. So I'm going to pin it. It should be pinned by now. Uh, but also, just, guy, you know, Anyone in the D.C. or D.C. area, uh, on the 29th of September, white women will be coming to the D.C. Improv Festival to do some improv. So make sure you get yourselves a ticket as soon as they drop before they sell out. We just did Portland. Portland was packed out. So many nerd fam zeit gangs came out to uh, show show support. Cult kings, uh, cult royalty. Uh, so thanks to everyone who came through took pics definitely a few of y'all took pics and didn't tag me in it when you posted it or something please do that so i can rt because the amount of pics in my mention don't add up to the amount of pics i took let's share that love and if you're in the dc area or around it come meet your boys you'll get two for one you'll get to see me ctz and a lot of great folks from white women who i think are just as funny so uh definitely check that out and also big shout outs to uh, Zach McKeever in the booth. Yay. Big dog ed- editor Dan Goodman. You heard his voice for the first time last week. I hope you enjoyed that. Lots of good props from there. And, uh, you know, like we end always, always in these uh, every time, every week, you know, I got to send you off the way. I always like, I'd like to send you off. It's never going to change because I always want you to stay nerdy. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. 
For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. 